Hockey Report Live, Cody Jansen with you here. What is up Monday, August 24th? How are you? Still rolling with the playoffs. Ton to get into today. Of course, show brought to you by mybookie.ag, the best place to go and cash that ticket. Mybookie.ag, pump in promo code 12OZ Sports. They're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. Free cash right there. $1,000, mybookie.ag, promo code 12OZ Sports. What's up, world? Cody Jans in here with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Janner31, jam pack show as usual. Right away, right away, we're going to get into things. We got our What's Nutrition and Performance question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter. It's right there at World Hockey RPT. We're on Facebook as well. World Hockey Report. Go chuck us a like. Coming to you live on Zingo TV channel 761. Pump in the promo code 12OZ when you sign up on Zingo. Always free. Coming up at 810, Adam Herman Trout's going to join us. We'll break down some of these round two games that have started. 821. Oh, I've got it wrong on the schedule there. 820, we got Katie Caldwell. Don't look at the show banner up top. We're going to have to get that fixed. Bad scheduling error. I don't know who we can blame. Probably myself on that one. But 820, Katie Caldwell is going to jump on. We're going to talk some Canucks. BC kid, yes, we do have to talk a little bit about the Canucks because it wasn't a pretty start for them. Was not a pretty start. Things are going to have to change if they want a chance against those Vegas Golden Knights. Sorry, schedule at the top should be fine now. Fixed. Then we got Asher Jerome coming on. Hockey Pond Net co-founder. Another BC guy. Maybe it's the, the episode of BC and stuff. But hey, we got to get to our Woods Nutrition and Performance question of the day. Before we uh, bring on Adam here, he's just got to sit off to the sidelines. It's all good. We're going to make this work. I said, who you got tonight? We got a big one. Flyers, Isles. Yes, this is going to be a fun game. And I, the, what I'm most looking forward to is the, the parity in it because the Isles could be one of the best defensive teams still left in the playoffs, and the Flyers could have one of the best offenses. I get it. Montreal absolutely shut down the top guns. Of the Flyers, but the Flyers still have a little bit of that extra, the grit, the edge, the heart that I'm looking for, and I'm looking at their top guns: Ken Voracek, Ken Couture, Ken Hayes, Ken Provorov. Can these guys provide that extra spark that you need to get past a team like the Isles? Because the Isles are going to lock it down. You know the, you know exactly what the Isles are going to bring night in, night out. They're going to play you tough. They're going to play you physical. They're not going to give you many opportunities. Opportunities, but if you capitalize on those chances, the Isles generally aren't going to be a team putting up more than two, three goals a game. So let me know what you think. What's the nutrition performance question of the day? WNP, the best workout plans, nutrition plans. Hey, he's even got recipes. <clears throat> if you're looking for recipes, healthy recipes, go check it out. What's nutrition and performance? What's nutrition? WNP. They also got great swag coming in with new colors all the time. We're starting to get some questions or answers rolling in here. Trapeze has got the Isles 4-3. Core just sent a gif of the Isles. So, yes, yes, yes. I think he's on the trots wagon. Maybe I messed up the timing here. Katie just shot me a message. That was at 840. Oh, I think I just messed that up again. I've got it written down. I'm all over the place. It's all right. Whatever. Monday morning. Who else? Who else but Cody to throw this thing for loop? Yeah, it's definitely. I, I had it right the first time. It happens. Well, let's 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 go to Adam Irwin Trout here. Well, let me get some of these things figured out. I also got to switch Isha now on the thing. We'll get that figured out. Adam Urban Trail, let's bring on our guest right now. This one brought to you by Verbero Hockey. Verbero, the best in team custom apparel. Okay, Adam's on. We're good. Alrighty, let's get to it now. Adam, I, I want to start with the Flames because obviously it was a little bit pathetic. Where do you think, and I, I don't want to break too much into this team in general because I thought it was very disappointing how they finished off. But where does Johnny Hockey end up? I think somewhere out east. Uh, Highlanders, Devils, 
Philly. He's kind of from that New Jersey area, but New Jersey has kind of a lot of small players. So I'll say one of those, like the Flames aren't going to get that much from though. Like it's a free agent in two years. He hasn't really done well when it's mattered. So like, what do you even give up for that? No chance Lou Lamorello takes him. I don't see that happening. Philly, if they can find the cap space, the Devils will probably take him because he's another disappointing superstar, and that seems to be what they're going after. But I don't know what they'd really trade that'll benefit the Flames at all. Uh, moving along, now their first round, actually, we got to cover these because, hey, the Canadian teams, they're going, going, gone. Vancouver, probably next up. We'll get to that later on. You thought it was a good thing for Montreal to be in the playoffs. Explain yourself because I got a different take on this. I think that it was just big for their their top two two centers who are I think they're twenty and twenty one years old. They Suzuki and Kakanyemi played unbelievable for them, and like Kakanyemi was being looked at as a bust for a bit because he was in the A this year and didn't really do much. But no, it was good for them to get in. And I mean, realistically, yeah, they could have had Lafreniere or whatever, but they got like fourteen picks in this draft, and they're clearly not going to use them all. So get the experience for your kids now that they know how to play and when you trade those draft picks for players and they'll be ready to help your team in the future. Here's where I'm coming from and I want you to let me know if you think I'm wrong or not but I don't think this is a real playoff experience and that's why I say that this isn't worth it for Montreal because next year or whenever we get back to that new normal playoffs are going to be different it's a totally different atmosphere playing in front of fans traveling to playoff series like this is not normal playoff hockey and i get it some of that emotion is going to be the same but i don't think that this ex- is that this experience is as valuable as actual playoffs it it's not the same but i think it still has some value where you know you, you're playing in these tight games where it, it really is do or die at some point and I think it's valuable for them, and I mean, you saw the Philly-Montreal series, like Gallagher was cross-checked in the face and broke his jaw, and there's clearly some emotion in that that one, so I think it was good. Some, and I I would say some is as big of a stretch as you can go with it, because I just think that the whole atmosphere changes everything once you get into, I mean, what we knew is the new norm playoffs. All right, stars as, stars take game one. Colorado loses Grubauer. What do you take away from that game? Uh, I think that, like, I mean, we've been saying it this whole time, just like Jamie Benn, like when he when he wants to go, I mean, he's he's really built for this moment. And same with Pavelski and guys like that. I mean, it's not like they, they really dominated Colorado. It's just Colorado had questions in net, and I know Grubauer got hurt, but it's not like Fran, Frank Kuz looked like he was ready to lead the team to the finals there and obviously Dallas has a question mark in net with Bishop not even nobody knows where he is um but yeah I mean it's it's one game I think I'll still pick Colorado in seven but I think it'll go to the distance people forget and I've had to remind so many people Dallas is one goal away from taking St. Louis's spot in the playoffs last year. And if they beat St. Louis, there's no doubt in my mind they could have done the exact same thing that St. Louis did. Because with a healthy Ben Bishop, I mean, you're just an absolute wagon right there. And Hudelman does not provide the same stability in net. I don't care what anyone says. He made a couple of really good saves, but he's still a glorified street hockey goaltender the way he performs and, like, jumps around. Where I mean, it's just going to be sooner rather than later when the Avs actually expose him. But Dallas, their front end is so playoff built. I mean... Like, it's unbelievable. You talk about guys like Perry, Pavelski, Ben, Radulov. I mean, you'll take those guys on your team in a heartbeat when it comes to building a playoff roster. Who cares about regular season? Just get into the damn dance and do your thing. Yeah, I agree with that. And everybody's like, oh, Jamie Ben only had like 50 points or whatever this year. And Pavelski only had 16 goals. It's like, those guys don't care. Like, they know that they'll get into the playoffs. Like, with how their team plays and like they know that when the playoffs comes like that's when they're going to make their money adam ermitrout our guest here interview brought to you by verbero hockey the best in custom team apparel get at us today if you're looking to get your team hooked up with some fresh new jerseys for the upcoming season verberohockey.com adam tampa bay looked terrible to start things off against boston i get it they made it close at the end but did this not have a little bit of a flashback 
of previous seasons when you're watching this team play against Boston right now. Like, the Bruins are pretty beat up. They're running with a backup goaltender right now. I mean, this is not the big bad Bruins that we saw last year. It's not. They're a little different. Obviously, they added, like, a guy like Kasha to their lineup. And, I mean, he played well. But the the Lightning, they just... The Bruins are just like a veteran team. Like they're kind of the team you think of where it's like if there's one team and one core group you could pick that has the best leadership, it's probably Boston. And I mean, I don't know. I like the moves that Tampa made. I didn't like the prices they paid for Coleman and Goudreau, but those guys add something. It's just I don't know who the leader on that team is, especially with Stamkos being out. But like they have experience in the playoffs, but they don't have experience winning. And like that's where Boston's obviously ahead. They look done, and I, I've said it before, you know, some of the best guys I've ever actually skated with and just general dressing room guys actually play on Tampa Bay, but when it comes to their elite firepower and some of their top-end guys, they're just not there. They're not engaged. I mean, we talk about Kutrov every year. That's the story right there. Moving along, Alan Walsh. Need I say more? He posts that photo. What a stupid thing of Flurry getting stabbed in the back by a sword that says DeBoer on it. Flurry won't comment on if he knew it. Obviously, he knew it was happening. Obviously, he said, whatever. Do whatever you think. I'm not starting anyways. Might as well rile some feathers here. See if we can piss off Leonard. Maybe shake him off his game. Get Flurry a few more starts. What What was your thoughts when you saw that? Because from my opinion, I'm just like, that's embarrassing. Like, like when do NHL G GMs like kind of think about this and they're when they're taking a look at a free agent and going am I gonna have to deal with Alan Walsh if I don't play this guy's super prodigy like give me a break what an absolute loser yeah uh I it's it's Alan Walsh I think that's the best way to describe it like you see he leads Twitter in blocks yeah the, we're blocked by him I think we oh, ever 100%. Oh, oh, yeah, we have. Um, yeah. <laughs> Adam, Adam, you've tweeted at that guy 12 times. Yeah, pro- well, whatever. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe twice, and then we got blocked, and then we just keep, like, yeah. sub-tweeting. Yeah, he, uh, I don't know, he's, like, he's the guy on on Twitter who his, his guy has a big night, and he tweets about it, and then the next night the guy goes dash three or something, and you don't hear anything. He removes him as a client him. on his website. Yeah, honestly, and Flurry clearly knew about it. I don't. I don't understand, like, how he was stabbed in the back, though. Like, Leonard's played really well. I mean, Flurry got his game in, and I thought that he might have gotten more. But, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, stabbed in the back. Like, it's more just a distraction at this point. See, my my only thoughts are, did DeBoer, like, tell Walsh, like, hey, I'm going to roll with Flurry no matter what? Like, if he did, okay. But I I don't know. I don't see that happening. Yeah, or, or something like, hey, like, we're trading for Leonard, but, like, Flurry's still our guy. And, like, obviously he isn't. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a little bit off. But whatever. Moving along, that Vegas Vancouver. Series. How many funny moments do we have in this game? We got Pearson just dusting off a stick on the bench. You got Quinn Hughes crying on the bench. I mean, there, there's been so many funny moments. You got Reeves making chicken noises at the entire Canucks team. This, this is going to be a good series, but Adam, I'm not lying to you if I say I, I could see this being over quick because Vancouver cannot match the sandpaper, the grit, the heart, the meanness that Vegas has. Yeah, it's fair. I, but like we also said that after they uh, they lost games three and four to, to St. Louis where it's like, oh no, like they're, they're kind of getting run out of the building here, but... I mean, I think they, they look pretty overwhelmed. Like, Vegas came out in the the first period there, and Vancouver didn't know what to do. Like, I don't know why Markstrom played the the whole game or even started the third period, honestly. But, yeah, they Vegas is good, and they're a deep team. Like, as we've said, like, I still think they're missing, like, that guy. But they're good. Um, Vancouver needs to be a lot better than they were last night. Now, I know we're hockey guys, Adam, but I'd be reminiscent if I didn't ask you about those Raptors. Buddy, first sweep in franchise history. What's up? Canada's team. That's Canada's team right there. Basketball. Also, shout out Alfonso Davies, the Canadian kid there in soccer. Just won a Champions League. That's all right. He's probably the best athlete or, like, best Canadian athlete right now. Like, that's absolutely stupendous for a kid to do that. But did you watch some of the Raps games or what? Like, I honestly haven't caught that much, but it's still sick that they're rolling. And, like, they buzz through Brooklyn for rip yeah they're they're kind of weird times but like i'd like go and watch it like 
during lunch or something. But you yeah, they're playing at like they're nine up, in the morning. They're up by like twenty five already. So it's like, what's the point? But I mean that that franchise, like they're just the model franchise for any for anybody, right? Like they they just seem to do everything right, and it's funny because they're owned by the same team as the or the same owners as the Leafs and people cannot hate the Leafs more like their own fans and like you you're not gonna find a bad thing to hear about the Raptors oh man Maple Leafs Entertainment whatever they're called MLSC I don't even know but yeah that's that's it's just too funny that the Leafs struggle and the Leafs are their biggest thing that's just it's how it works in the hockey world Trout buddy appreciate it as always we'll probably get you on Friday as we get a little bit deeper into these round two series and man I'm looking forward to Philly tonight like Philly in the aisles that's that's such an underrated series that's not getting talked about it'll be a good one hard to pick thanks man Adam Urban Trout thanks buddy it's always good for breaking down some of those series. He'll shoot you straight. He'll see it as it is. And that's what we love. Alrighty. I guess we should probably get to a commercial break here, pay some bills, and we come back. We got the co-founder of Hockey Pod Net. This is going to be a good one. I believe he's a reoccurring guest, but now I'm going back in my memory bank of about like three years back when this thing is a podcast. Hey, that interview with Adam, of course, brought to you by Verbero Hockey, 12-ounce sports as well. Your home for sports talk radio, the best live sports action, OMBL semifinal action. Yesterday was absolutely electric. Jeff Beck with the call. We got the finals coming up next, so live sports are back. And, man, they're coming to 12-ounce sports, also the best sports talk radio shows. Already issues after the break. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen with you here. Follow me on Twitter at Janner31. World Hockey Report's on Twitter as well. World Hockey RPT. Alrighty. This has been a long time issue. Did we have you on the podcast before? I feel like we did. I'm honestly like drawing a blank. I feel stupid for not looking it up. But please tell me I'm not crazy when I said we've had you on before. I, I knew it. You had me on, and then and then early on in the days of uh, Stick and Rink Podcast 1.0, when I was uh, when I was hosting that show with uh, Chris Faber and Dylan Kayser, we had you guys on the show as well. So I knew yeah, it. Back in the day, we connected for sure. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. This interview brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use promo code 120Z Sports when signing up. They'll match your deposit up to one thousand dollars. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code 120Z Sports. It's your buddy. I mean, we got to talk about your wild here. The Soda Pod, obviously. Go check it out. Hockey Pod Net co-founder. Isha, like, I mean, wh- what do the wild do now? They, like, they, they've been in limbo land for how many years? It's kind of getting old. It's got to be at least. Yeah, I mean, trust, trust me. Um, from covering this team, kind of diving into the market, that is the state of hockey this year. Man, you think Canucks fans, you know, out here on the West Coast are, you know, bored and tired and, and frustrated? You have no idea what these Wild fans have been going through for, for like, like you said, the last decade. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the little bit of success they had when, when Jack Lamar was the coach was great, but it wasn't an exciting brand of hockey, and it seems like that's kind of carried over throughout the years. The one thing that Billy Guerin, um, obviously first-year general manager, uh, former assistant general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and obviously such a beauty of a former player. He's got he's got his work cut out for him this offseason, but I also think he's excited. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for change with this Wild team. Everyone outside the Wild market kind of thinks, okay, you're you're strapped with Parise and Suter. How are you going to you know build around that? Listen, that's the least of these guys' worries right now. I mean, they they want to build around some of these young pieces that they both have coming into the lineup in Kirill Kaprizov and also, you know, the emergence of Kevin Fiala this year. So Billy Garen actually has a lot of pieces that he can potentially shave off in the Jordan Greenways, in the in the Luke Cunnins, to maybe get some draft picks or, or address areas of need. And, and let's be honest, the two biggest areas of need if this team wants to be competitive in the next few years is goaltending and, and, uh, and the top center. Obviously, it's so hard to acquire a top center via trade. You kind of have to draft and develop. But I think goaltending is something that this offseason in the Wild are going to 100% address. And Billy Guerin has been quite vocal in every single uh, media outlet uh, addressing that as well. 
Yeah, calling Braden Holtby. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I just don't like how the Wild are kind of building from the top down. I feel like that never works. Like It's not working for Calgary. It's not working for Edmonton. you got to build from that back end out. you got to have solid goaltending, and you got to have strong defense, which, I mean, Minnesota, they've got some good pieces in here. You're completely right about that, but they're also, I mean, struggling in a few certain areas. Moving along to the Canucks. I mean, you're a BC kid. we got two BC guests on the show here. Man, is Vancouver going to riot if they lose out in round two? Because they looked terrible last night. Hey, hey, don't joke about that on live radio, okay? Because <laughs> these people take that way too seriously. Um, I know, in all seriousness, I don't think it's going to be that big of an outrage if the Canucks do eventually lose uh, this, uh, this series against the Vegas Golden Knights. Listen, they're punching above their weight class right now anyways. And, you know, they played outstanding against the Blues for the most part, especially in that last game. I don't want to take anything away from them. But these, this weren't, these weren't necessarily the Blues of last season. They didn't have all their healthy pieces in the lineup. And again, I don't want to take anything away from the Canucks because they, they, they did what they needed to do and they looked well doing so. But they're still a team in development. Like, well, let's be honest. You go, you go past the top six, and this Canucks team has a lot of issues, especially on the scoring side. You're going up against the best, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. You know, Cody, you and I could argue that Vegas is the best team in the National Hockey League right now. Going against a team where, you know, Quinn Hughes is his first playoff run. Bo Horvat, he only got a cup of coffee against Calgary about five years ago. And, you know, Elias Pettersson, though, though he's looking great and he's looking like the top center that he's going to be for the next decade, you know, it, he's getting a little bullied out there. And I don't think he has anything to do with his size. I think he's just playoff experience. So, though I, I don't think the Vancouver Canucks market is going to be too outraged with the loss, it's going to be a little disappointing. I mean, I was, I was pretty pissed off last night watching this game. It was a little embarrassing. But the Canucks came off an embarrassing performance to the Blues as well early in this series. I believe it was game three or game four. Game four. And uh, I think that they're going to come and at least put a better showing um, against the Vegas Golden Knights. Because, you know, the first half of the game, they were able to get some pucks on net. It was just that last period where they just got completely shut down. Yeah, I'll say it's hard to have a worse showing than that. It wasn't too pretty. And, I mean, I, I'm not saying the Canucks are a bad team by any means, but there, there also comes a point in time when you start to play real playoff hockey, and that's what I'll call it, where teams like Vegas are, are doing that right now in the bubble where you, you're not getting that actual playoff experience without the fans, without the travel, the actual playoff grind. But now you're starting to see when the big boy hockey comes into play in Vancouver. They're just not quite at that level. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think if they had to fully, I think if they had Furland, I think this is a little bit of a different story here where Anton Roussel, everyone thinks he's their best player if you go off of Twitter last night. and I, I mean, Roussel's fine and all, but there, there's still other additions well, if, that if need he, to be. Cody, if he's, if he's our heavyweight, then we got issues, man. I, I, like, I, I know, but... Hockey of the 80s, but come on. <laughs> I know, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying, and then people are going to start talking about Roussel's Corsi and stuff, and I, I just don't get it. But that's, I mean, that's Vancouver media for you. I don't think too many people outside of, uh, let's say, the lower mainland or that whole part of BC really uh, get Vancouver media. Adrian, i got, I got to ask you, though. You're, you're, you've, you've seen enough hockey. You cover enough hockey with hockey, hockey pod net. Man, okay, Quinn Hughes, he's a nasty defenseman. But is he better than Kale McCarr and Miro Heiskanen? I think, ooh, he's throwing Miro Heiskanen in the mix, too. This kid, like, I, again, I'll be perfectly honest, covering the Minnesota Wild and, and the Canucks, I didn't watch much of Dallas. But, you know, I, I watched as many highlights as I could of this kid. Now watching him actually play games and run that back end, this guy's the real deal. He could be, you know, when all said is, when all said is done, he could be the better, well, like, more well-rounded defender than, you know, over Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes down the road. Right now, I mean, taking all my Vancouver Canucks bias out of it, I still think Quinn Hughes just has the edge of the better talent, maybe not the more dominant player, just because I've never seen anyone skate like him since Dennis Savard, honestly. And let's be honest, in the game of hockey, you can have the dangles. You can have the dangles in junior, you can have dangles in pro. If you can't skate, you're not going to be successful in this league. This kid can outskate anyone, and he's 20 years old. So I think that gives him the slight edge. But Kale McCarr and Heiskanen bring something that he doesn't, and that's just a pure dominance of all of the ice, not just the rush, for example. 
Hundred percent. No, I mean you hit the nail on the head there. Like Quinn Hughes's talent and skating's absolutely at a next level. Like, don't get me wrong, Hayskin and McCarr both nasty. The one downfall I'll say for Hughes, and I mean he's still so young, so it's like absolutely stupid to not even rip on someone, but even bring it up is like his defensive game needs work. Like that's pretty obvious. And I'm not saying McCarr and Hayskin are perfect, but I think they're better in the defensive zone. I think they're a little bit calmer with the puck in the defensive zone, whereas Hughes has. Just, I mean, he's got Norris caliber. He's he's going to be a twenty goal scorer in the NHL. I mean, as a defenseman, you know what he's going to be? He's going to be whatever he wants to be as far as the back. And if he wants to put up twenty goals, he can do it because he's got a shot. You know, he doesn't have a, a muffin, unfortunately, like Troy Stetcher, who loves to shoot, but like, <laughs> you know, it's hard to find lanes or get through lanes with that one. But I think also that it's a, it's a reflection of the system too. You know, with with Chris Tanev, he's the one who's expected to lead the rush on the other side. If he had a defensive partner who actually moved the puck a little bit, I honestly think because in Michigan um, with the Wolverines, this guy he played solid defense, just one on one, being that kind of rover um, in the defensive zone. So I don't think we've seen the best of him defensively yet. I think right now it's a little bit of a product of the system. But I, I will agree that like you know he's, he's a smaller guy in stature, and that's not necessarily what he's expected to do at the National Hockey League level right now. Is be that hard nosed defender in his own zone. Now I gotta throw in a sponsor here, uh, 2D Rep, new sponsor. I mean, they're on board here this month for the playoffs. You wanna keep your drinks cold this summer or warm? I mean, hey, it's the best of both worlds. Go out to the golf course yesterday, wrap a few of, wrap a few cold ones. You know what? Throw them in the bag. You don't need to bring along a big heavy cooler. 2D Wrap is unbelievable, top quality stuff right there. Time to ditch the traditional koozie. 2D Wrap, the universal drink insulator. T U D I. See what I did right there? That fits any beverage, hot or cold. Made in Canada, 2D wraps are made with military-grade neoprene for the high, highest quality product possible. Strong and durable, 2D wrap keeps your drink hot or cold for hours on end. Check them out today, 2DWrap.com. That's T-U-D-I-Wrap.com for the best drink accessory in the game. Isha, man, I mean, who's who's your playoff favorite? Before we jump into Hockey Pod next, I got I to gotta pick your brain on that. Who's your playoff favorite if you got to pick a team today? kind of bring up the aisles so i might as well ask her what's nutrition and performance question of the day i mean what's the score tonight flyers aisles yeah i mean that, <laughs> like the, uh, i i i don't know i'm not good i don't like making score predictions because i'm always the one i'm always i always mess them up but man in this series i mean you could i could see barzell score north of four goals 100 percent in that system but i need a game score for tonight give me a, give me give me game one score Wow. Okay, I like it. That's bold. That is bold-ish. Okay, we got to talk about Honky Pawnet. You're the co-founder, obviously. I mean, you guys have been rolling for a while now. Things just keep looking up for you. What's new? Tell me, tell me what's new with Hockey Pawnet? Because I mean, there's there's so many new things. I see you guys are adding different shows. I mean, you got a bunch of hosts that are, you know, you got some big name hosts out there. What's new with Hockey Pawnet? But well, there's a lot brewing for season two. We got um, uh, a bunch of new hosts and shows, uh, you know, in the works to join us. But basically, this is what it is. We we started out with the framework of you know getting every NHL market covered with uh, with a unique host that's not necessarily going to be like your radio analyst. You know, not everyone on our network is is, is Cody Jansen over here on Twelve Ounce Sports, ladies and gentlemen. But they give you that you know sitting with your friends at the bar or at, or at home, cracking a soda. You got your the hockey snacks, whatever it is, and just talking about the game. 
Um, some of our hosts are, you know, respectfully in the business and provide that more analytical, more analyst point of view as well. But basically what we wanted to do was cover every market, get everyone, you know, who, who loves the sport of hockey, um, a host and a show of their favorite team. And then we built around that to cover pretty much every niche in the sport. And that's what we're continuing to fill out right now. This summer, we, we were honored to, to add Darren from the Fourth Line Voice, you know, one of the original fight podcasts. Great guy. Uh, which is unbelievable. Brings on some of the best, best personalities in the sport from, uh, you know, and gives them the, the voice that they rightly deserve. And, you know, he's, uh, he's pretty funny in the, in the way that he's like, look, I don't have a big ego. Uh, this is Darren talking. But, you know, I, I can interview some of these fighters better than the Chicklets guys. And you know what? He's not wrong in some, some cases. So it's been awesome working with Darren. Obviously, we, we brought in Brady Leibold as well. And um, he talks about his experience with addiction and actually – you know, going from playing, you know, it, with the highs of, you know, on the line of Steven Stamkos in training camp to, you know, living on the, the streets of East Hastings in Vancouver. Um, he's he's in recovery right now, and he's really bringing his life back on track. He's doing amazing things uh, for the community and um, and the sport as well. His, his podcast, uh, Hockey Heroin Road to Recovery, we picked on this summer as well. Um, Terry Ryan's part of the network. I know he's uh, one of the best storytellers in all of sports. He's actually... You know, he hasn't released a podcast in a couple of weeks now, and we told him it's okay, Terry, because he's working on his second book, which is almost done. That's and crazy. Uh, for anyone who hasn't, you know, read read his first book, uh, Tales of the First Read Nothing, this guy, one of the best hockey biographies out there. So long and short of it, we're, we're pretty much filling in all the the areas of sports, of hockey, sports entertainment in regards to podcasts. Um, we're continuing to fill in the void of every niche, and we have a few exciting uh, announcements by, uh, at the end of the summer with some new talents and just really bringing our NHL uh, content to the next level. That's awesome, man. No, it's you got some really cool stuff going on there, man. I'm really happy for you. And I got to ask you, this is the last one before I let you go here. Who's been who's been your favorite guest? Who's been a guy who, you know, just brought the heat? You know, if there's one podcast or one person you've interviewed, you know, something someone's got to listen to, who's been your favorite guest? Or, you know, it could be someone else's as well. Maybe someone else had a guest on that you were like, that was unbelievable. Like, that's, that's one of the best oh. things I've ever heard. Great question, and it's hard to pinpoint one, to be honest, because A, a lot of the guests oh, I that, like, personally, that I like to bring <laughs> on the show, like, I, I, do, I do my due diligence, and I really like to, to make sure that they'll, they'll bring some sort of entertainment factor, not just, you know, the bland, you know, uh, I guess, like, radio, no, no, I don't want to say the radio hosts are bland, but, you know, the, the, the normal, like, analyst answer, I, I want a little juice. So, um, I, I'd say for people on the network, they've done an outstanding job themselves going on Finding Talents, bring on, um... Their, their shows, I think personally, Doug Bodger, former Buffalo Saber, Pittsburgh Penguin, uh, short stint with the Vancouver Canucks, I'm pretty sure he had a run <laughs> with Crawford right away and was like, I'm going to retire after 10 games, not to see you later, something like that. That's Anyways, Doug Bodger lives on Vancouver Island, he's the assistant coach of the Victoria Royals of the WHL. He is an absolute beauty. If you ever can talk to him, you'll go off about stories and uh, you'll have uh, you'll have a beer when he starts the interview and he'll be he'll be three in when it's done and uh, and the filter gets a little uh, little looser uh, as it goes and he's just uh, he's an unbelievable storyteller and obviously such an amazing hockey player he's really fun to come on and I just had Michael Russo of the athletic covering uh, the Minnesota wild um, he was an unbelievable interview he's such a nice guy and just again so many stories like I after we featured him on the podcast, he's like, you have to bring it back on. we got to, like, talk more about Mike Keenan. we got to talk more about uh, Pavel Burry. i got stories, you know, you know, in and out of the Minnesota Wild franchise for you, and, and it was a lot of fun. And I was like, Mike, like, you're, you're one of the best hockey writers in the world. Like, the fact you want to come back on and tell stories, I'm honored. So that was, that was a lot of fun as well. So I think recently, in the last year anyways, those two have been my favorite. That's unreal, Matt. No, those, those are definitely, I mean, those are two great guys. There, you can't disagree with that. Buddy, where do people find you? I know Hockey Podnet is up on Twitter as well. I believe it is just Hockey Podnet or Hockey Podcast Net. I don't know. I tweeted out the it's, link. Uh, it's at Hockey Podnet. Um, we're okay. most active on Twitter, but we're really optimizing all of our social media for season two and giving it a, a big push. So at Hockey Podnet is our handle for all social media. Uh, you can find me at VI Sports Talk. I don't just stick with the hockey. I like to pump Vancouver Island sports scene as well. And, uh, and again, the soda pod that, uh, that I host there with my co-host, uh, the State of Hoppy. You can find us at the soda pod. We just had Russo on uh, our, last, uh, our last episode. We have one dropping today. Buddy, you're the man. Thanks for coming on this morning. That was a blast. Oh, Cody, anytime. I can't wait to feature you on, uh, on our shows, buddy. 
Asher Jerome right there. That's a great I, man. You should see it's 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 a young guy just like myself too, kind of in the in the media world, going, how can I change things? How can I do better? How can I you know switch it up from the traditional media world? Honky Podnet is one hundred percent that. So it's really cool to see him doing good. You got to go check it out. Go check out the Soda Pod, State of Hoppy. He's got all of that going on. It's pretty cool. I will admit that. I'll give him credit. Alrighty. That interview, of course, brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use promo code 12OZSports and 2D Ramp. Go check them out, 2DRamp.com, the ultimate drink insulator. Mac after the break with Katie Caldwell. Monday morning, we're rocking, we're rolling. It's World Hockey Report Live. Cody Jansen with you here on Twitter at Janner31. Hit us up on Twitter, World Hockey RPT. Our WNP question of the day is up there as well. We're on Facebook. Check us a like, World Hockey Report. Coming to you live on 12-Ounce Sports Lingo TV, channel 761. Already, time to bring on. Well, Kootenays. I, I mean, is that even BC at this point? we got Katie Caldwell joining the show right now. Katie, what's up? Is it even BC? Get real. I mean... <laughs> yeah, we are still- Close to Alberta, but yeah, I'm happy to be here. I mean, the the, the Kootenays is kind of just like, uh, uh, is it a worse Banff, worse Jasper? Like it's it's kind of in that that range. Okay, so I come on super early Monday morning just so you can insult. Where I, I'm I, from. Get I, I, real. I mean, we have the hidden gem that is the same but less touristy. Come on. Okay, less touristy. <laughs> I'll I'll give you props for that because there's nothing worse than being like, oh, I'm gonna go check this place out and it's just absolutely packed with tourists and you're like, I just wasted exactly. a four-hour drive or like fifteen. So that's hours. why you come to Kimberly. It is just uh, it's all the same benefits and beauty, but way less people, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, hey, you're ripping on Cranbrook already. I thought Cranbrook was a decent little town, but I guess I am way off with that. It's a Kootenays thing where we kind of have to rip on Cranbrook because they're the big, booming city of all of us. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, big, booming city in Cranbrook. I didn't think I'd ever hear it called that based on how their dub team did. That's hilarious. Katie, we got to jump into some hockey stuff. Obviously, I mean, you've covered enough. You've you've traveled North America covering the damn games. So, but I know that, hey, you're still talking Canucks. I believe you're on Sportsnet yesterday uh, doing the pregame show. Like what, what, what was your thoughts on game one? Obviously it doesn't go in Vancouver's favor, but is there any positives to take out from your perspective? Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say that they were bad by any means from a player perspective, but I think that no. I would I would say like almost Quinn Hughes and Peterson look tired or worn down a little bit. If I can, you know, use that terminology from the Blues, like obviously St. Louis isn't an easy team, but now you're running into a Vegas team who is playing that much better. And I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again: Vegas does everything that Vancouver can't handle. They play a gritty style. They're sandpaper. They're mean. They're tough. They've got Ryan Reeves, who's more intimidating than any single person on Vancouver. So if Vegas wants to play a skilled game, Vancouver's going to skate circles around them. But if they're going to play that tough, kind of old-school playoff hockey, that's when I think Vancouver's in trouble. 
that's why I'm really interested to see how they come out next game because I think you're absolutely right. And you brought up um, Huggy Bear. Man, it was hard to watch him have his first hard game that we've probably <laughs> ever seen in his career. But just things like like you saw in St. Louis, and I think it was Kelly Rudy that broke this down in a commission, but the time and space that Hughes would have to just walk the line and then the way that he would create the whole play and they could all get set up, you would have a guy, as soon as Quinn was up against the line, he'd go, he'd get a stick in there, he's breaking it up, then they get a rush, like... To see him on the bench looking so dejected is something that a lot of hockey fans haven't really ever seen. Like, I don't think we've ever sat around and collectively talked about Hughes having a bad game. Ever. But I can remember. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they come back after this. Because, yeah, some of them just had a bit of a tough night. And I think what you said with St. Louis was bang on. They were a tough team. They were big and strong and fast and... The amount of times you look at the play away from the puck and Vancouver Stars are just getting beaten up. Like, they were taking a beating that entire time. So, I don't think Vegas was taking quite the beating from Chicago. No, so, no, not yeah. at all. Not at all. I mean, Chicago was happy just to get past the Oilers, who played terrible. But I think from your Hughes perspective, you're totally right that he didn't have the time and space. But I think that if St. Louis played like how they did last year, if they had a fully healthy lineup, he wouldn't have had that in round one. Whereas, you know, against Minnesota, who's arguably the most mediocre team in the history of the NHL, you know, Quinn Hughes was able to do whatever he wanted. I mean, Quinn Hughes looked like Bobby Orr out there. He was incredible. Like, all this Calder talk and you know, future Norris is completely correct. But yet again, I mean, now that he's facing some adversity, now we're talking about the top eight teams in the NHL. Like, no one expects Quinn Hughes to be the best D-man in the NHL at the age of 20. But I think more people are kind of realizing now that, hey, maybe the NHL isn't as easy as watching the Minnesota Wild in a play-in round. I, I, that's that's my comparison there. Give me your breakdown on Jacob, or Jack and Markstrom, though. Because, I mean, he was... He was good at times, but he's also been known to let in a few muffins. And not that he didn't, you know, it's tough to win a playoff game when he scores zero goals. I'll be the first one to admit that. But, like, you know, he let in five, and there's there's goals he wants back, in my opinion. Absolutely there. But which goalie doesn't have a goal they want back? Robin uh, Leonard. But before we get into Markstrom, I do have to stand up for Hughes. Yes, yes, please, please. Sorry, yes, I, I, I skipped over that. Yes, he did have one bad game, absolutely. But... If we are only looking at his playoff performance, that that's fine. But I think we need to take into account his entire season. Like if we go back to his season, is Kale McCarr was better. From the oh, I will fight <laughs> you on that all day, every day. But people don't talk about enough about Miro Heiskanen as well. Like we. Oh, did, I know. That's, no one, one watches a, Dallas. One with McCarr and Hughes, but let's get real. That like we're seeing him in Dallas. He's not the best rookie on the team. He's the best player on the team. But I'll jump back over to Markstrom. There were absolutely a few goals that he definitely wanted back, and I think everybody was just a bit overwhelmed with that Vegas team last night, but they knew it was going to be a way bigger challenge um, with it, but no, of course there are a few that he would love back, but I look at him in game five, and that's where I still will say again and again that he is the best goalie remaining, at least in the West. Where, like, game five, it didn't make sense that when they're down 2-1, he makes that save, then they're down 3-1. He makes a world of incredible saves and allows them to get back into it. If he wasn't what he was, they wouldn't have gone past St. Louis. They wouldn't have gone past that game. And then come out in game six, they were rolling on that momentum, and then you have everybody on their fourth line show up out of nowhere and put up a 1,000 points in one game, it felt like. (laughs) Like Brandon Sutter putting up three assists, get real. But that's the thing. That's what's so cool about this team is every game seems to be a bit of a different storyline for them where one game it's Markstrom and then Petey and then another one it's Hughes and then Brandon Sutter and Jay Beagle and and that's what's been kind of cool is every game is a bit of a different experience for them but with Markstrom I still just can't find he had not as great of a night he still had some good saves but I'm not ready to rule him out from still being the best goalie in the West. Wow, that's a hot take and a half. I was literally, I was literally getting planned to ask, like, would you start Demko in Game Two? Not that Markstrom's been bad, but like Demko looked good when he came in, and I, th- I think Thatcher Demko is the future of the Vancouver Canucks. I, you know, Markstrom's a hotter, cold goaltender, which is totally fine. But as it's proven to be with other, as it's proven to be with other teams, I think, I think Demko is an unbelievable goaltender who just, I mean, he struggles to find his rhythm because he's got someone pushing him as hard. 
is Markstrom is, and Markstrom's a warrior. He'll battle, and that's, I mean, it, I, I'm still not sold on him. Well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Looking at game two, though, Katie, oh, like, what's what's got what's to gotta change? What can the Canucks do to, to beat a team like Vegas? Well, I think what they're doing today, just like Vegas will be doing, is they're probably breaking down tape and looking at things and making comparatives with St. Louis and going, okay, how do we do what we didn't do last time? <laughs> because, yeah, they need to basically throw it all in a blender, but now they know a bit more what to expect. And as soon as you go out there and you know what to expect, like even when we were breaking down the game on the pregame yesterday, we can break down all the things we want, but until they're actually on the ice, nobody knows what's going to happen, and that's what's so fun about the playoffs. But I think that's where I trust them in their coaching, in their preparation. And they've all just bought in. That's what's really, really special about this Canucks team right now is they're young, they're inspired, they're really excited, and they've all really, really bought in. So I think with that comes the preparation, the excitement, and, yeah, Travis Green, he's someone that, like I said before, I'll trust to be making those adjustments throughout the game on the fly. Now, I got to throw out some love because this interview is brought to you by Coco Vodka and Rum. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. Officially found the drink of summer, refreshingly different. Coco Vodka and Rum, the original refreshing mixed drink of a can, combines real natural coconut water from the Philippines, triple distilled vodka, or smooth Puerto Rican white rum and a splash of sparkling water. Started by two Canadians with a plan, come up with a healthier summer drink that's made with quality ingredients. Time to ditch those boring seltzer waters. They're full of fake flavors anyways. Available at BS W Liquor in Alberta and recently launched in a bunch of new states. Also, don't forget, if you're in the States, order online, enjoycoco.com. Enjoy the Coco Life with World Hockey Report. Go pick yourself up a case today. Escape with Coco Vodka and Coco Rum, the original refreshing vacation in a can. Katie, I, now you, you've covered hockey all over North America. That's, you know, that, that's nothing new to people who followed you along on your media journey. But where's been the coolest place? Because I, I feel like you, you've been to a bunch of cool destinations. Is there one place that's out where you're like, damn, that was pretty cool covering hockey there. Oh, that's such a good question because, yeah, I haven't taken a super... Maybe, maybe not hockey, maybe any sport. Media. Yeah, maybe any sport. Maybe any sport. Whatever. We're open. Okay. Oh, no, that's great because I actually have a couple answers for that then because one of my favorite events that I did was in Nashville, actually right before COVID all kind of happened. So the last official big show I did was in Nashville and it was really cool because... I spent some time with the Preds, and then my visa expired, and I had to come home, and I didn't want to, and they didn't want me to, and <laughs> all of that sucked so hard, but um, yeah, in December, I was able to go back, and we did a show and a panel there, and we had so many, like, we had Hal Gill and Chris Mason on, who were two good friends of mine, and then uh, Ryan Johansson joined us, so we had such an amazing time, we had drinks, and it, oh, it was just like, the, the best night to kind of end before we knew there was going to be a global pandemic. So that was a really cool event that I um, was a part of. But um, I've been working more and more into football lately, actually. I'm a huge NFL fan. But, I, I saw you were doing stuff uh, for, like, the Rams. Yeah, uh, I've worked with the Chargers, the, the Chargers, Falcons, maybe. and the Cowboys now. Yeah, so um, last year, this year it was all virtual which was still really fun. But um, last year I was down in LA for a workshop with the Chargers and what a cool organization. It was so much fun. So we work with their rookies. So there's something really cool about just working with rookies because they're so wide-eyed and excited and they're nervous too. And yeah, it's a really cool environment, but those are probably two of the favorite things I've done. But it's so hard to say, like, because the shows are all kind of different back when live events existed. So I would produce and host live hockey shows, just for those that don't know. So you kind of sit up on stage and you have a panel of people, and it's nice. It's really casual and laid back, and you just have a drink and just talk about hockey. And it's not recorded, which is really great. But then COVID hits, and people are like, let's see stuff you've done. And I'm like, you can't. <laughs> That's hilarious. Katie Caldwell, our guest. Host. I'm gonna, I'm not going to call you the former host because I, I guarantee you it's going to be coming back with how successful it was. Puck talks live. I'm, who's your who's been your favorite guest so far that you've had on or had on the panel? I guess. Oh, that's such a good question because we've had so many. But you got to single out one. Like, you got to single out one and make all the okay. others feel terrible. Oh, I still think I have to go with Hal Gale. Skillsy, great guy. Skillsy. Man, he's such a beauty, and he's so funny. And the second that he put that microphone in his hand, he was exactly the same on stage as he was 
just as a buddy, and I was just so thrilled to see that, and it was so funny because him and Mace together are just two of the funniest human beings, but I throw a question their way, and they turn it into, like, a 25-minute comedy show where I just sit back, and I'm, like, almost an audience member. I'm just like, hell yeah, let's do this. They're so funny, but, oh, it's been so great. One of my, another favorite show I want to actually point out is we did a women's hockey show in Toronto, and that was the one that sold out the quickest. That was the one that was like wall-to-wall engagement. It was so much fun. So it was right before the Clarkson Cup last year, I believe. So that was a really, really fun one. And it's, it was one of those situations where I haven't worked in women's sports a lot. I, I would love to. I'm very passionate about them. But that was my first experience with it. And being in that room, that energy was really, really cool. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, it's there, there's actually some great stories. I mean, we've had on some really good guests who have played CWHL and stuff. Actually got a couple of uh, Olympic gold medal, medalists lined up for the next couple of weeks from 02 and uh, 2010 Vancouver. So that'll, that'll okay. be awesome as well. Katie, what's, we, we've got like two minutes here. What's what's next for you? What Where can people find you doing your work aside from, you know, hiking the mountains and the Kootenays? I mean, that's uh, I'm sure you're doing a bunch of that on your time off. doing a bit of work here and there for sports at 650 in Vancouver so that's been really fun so I'm there occasionally but other than that I'm just kind of popping into podcasts up here and there taking a bit of a break which is really nice so yeah I've been keeping surprisingly busy but just kind of all over the place doing stuff like this lately I'm sure you've got a million stories so um, I've got a feeling you're going to be a reoccurring guest here but thanks so much for taking the time this morning we'll definitely uh, get you back on maybe we'll talk some more Canucks we'll see maybe maybe if they uh, can make a comeback here if they don't get swept maybe we'll have to get you back on thanks so much for having me and I'm coming back on whether they get swept or not get real okay I'm just inviting myself back I I guess I guess I guess we'll book it then I'll get Adam to book it get on that you heard it (laughs) thanks again Katie Caldwell, right there. Done some work, TSN. And it's, it's cool. She's been doing NFL stuff as well. A lot of people would have seen her first get her start covering some soccer, I believe, in Canada. So it's awesome. She's done some work spreads. Uh, Sirius XM, yeah, she's filling in uh, Sportsnet 650. If you're out in Vancouver, tune in. I guess you can kind of tune into radio anywhere now. If you got the TuneIn app on your phone. A couple of quick shout-outs. Again, we got to show some love. Tell Max.ca. The best masks made, I mean, right up here. If you're in Alberta, come on. These things are unbelievable, too. you got to ditch those cheap things. Verbero Hockey, 12-ounce sports, Woods Nutrition Performance, Coco Vodka, Coco Rum, Zingo TV, 2D Wraps. I mean, everything. They're, they're, they're getting the things done. They're helping us crush through these two shows a week. It's been unreal. Quickly, Woods Nutrition and Performance question that I hit us up on Twitter, at W and... <laughs> at World Hockey RPT. WNP question of the day I asked you guys. Flyers, Isles. Who you got? Trapeze goes Isles 4-3. Court sticking with the Isles again. Can Barry Trotz do it? We're going to find out tonight. Awesome, awesome show. Thank you once again. Isha Katie Adam joining us. Always great. Always great have guests that are fun happy to be on it's a monday morning we're rocking we're rolling have a great week cody james and signing out peace